Welcome to the Keller Williams Realty Van Central Podcast. Real talk with real agents, featuring Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm Connie Buna. I'm Roland Kim. And this is the Keller Williams Realty Van Central Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to 2022. Wow. Crazy. Here we are today. Feels like just yesterday that we were in 2020. Like, has it not just been a continuous two years or is it just me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really excited to engage in this conversation as always with you, partner, and to talk about one of my very favorite topics, which is goal setting. And obviously this is a, a popular topic of conversation at the beginning of the year. Definitely. I wonder how many people who are listening to us have um, done anything with their goals that they might have been working on in December Mm. and January and what that looks like. Exactly. One of the things I always reflect on, um, and maybe this is because I'm I'm virtually a lifelong salesperson, is the old adage, hero to zero. Beginning of the year. I know, I'm having such a hard time erasing (laughs) the whiteboard. Well, we had a wonderful year. What was it? Over 222 transactions our team did. Yes. It was an awesome year. And I I know for myself, certainly a personal best with with 85 personal transactions and I'm really struggling. It's so interesting to me. I'm struggling to erase the number. Okay. And I'm also struggling with something that, that, that fear that creeps in and I just can't shake it. And I've had this, this is the, the new year fear of how am I going to replicate my results. How am I going to achieve success again in 2022? And so this has been weighing on my mind quite a bit. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that a little deeper with you. Well, I mean, um, one question would be, do you want to do 87 deals again? Or is there less pressure in your mind when you think about the targets that make you comfortable? You know, and, and that's an interesting way of putting it because I have always heard and I've, I've been working with a, an amazing maps coach for the last two years. And one of the things that we talk about regularly is the challenge of setting goals that are too easy, like, mm. you know, not pushing yourself, not setting that big, hairy, audacious goal. And the counterbalance to that being feeling in my body viscerally what it felt like to run at that degree of production feels exhausting, Mm -hmm. if I'm totally honest. And so some of the reflections that I've been having, and I've been doing this reflection since probably late November, because that's when we start our business planning. And one of the things I've been thinking about is getting more clear around the type of business that excites me and that fills my cup and other ways in which I can expand opportunities for the people around me, my team members and my business partners. Because if I think about running at that same pace as 2021, I feel like I would just, I feel like I would run myself into the ground. It was, it was a, it was an amazing year. And I felt like I took almost no breaks because I had trained myself historically I would reward myself with a break when I would go on a holiday. And Mm -hmm. like most of you, all my holidays were derailed 
not entirely true. I mean, I, I had, I enjoyed some wonderful outdoor camping adventures in the summer. We live in uh, British Columbia, Canada, probably one of the most extraordinary places in the world. And so we're very, very lucky that in our backyard, we have an amazing place to enjoy and frolic and unwind. Um, but that's just one little window of time in a year. And so I've been working really hard on, on how to build more of a, more of a balanced focus on setting big and crazy on a, and audacious goals, but also adding to those goals, personal goals, personal metrics that allow me to be uh, rounded and full in my life. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one in the same where, so let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Like, although you had an amazing breakout year, that was never your target. You know, our target typically is between, what is it, like 45 to 55 transactions a year. However, you have amazing skills and a plethora of experience that when that business was coming your way, you were able to handle it and, and process it and you did an amazing job. So there's two ways of looking at the next year. One, you got to get realigned with what is your goal and be honest to yourself. And simply a big audacious goal doesn't mean it's, it's always based on a number right? It's, mm. it, I think your goal, bring it back to um, a balanced life. Like you want to pour more, where do you want to go into your music business, into your coaching business, into your investing business, brokerage, and into um, your real estate transaction business. But a, a big audacious goal could be a rounded approach to that where you're nailing it in each area, mm-hmm. but you're not needing to do a hundred transactions. Cause I would challenge you that you're not really committed to wanting to do a hundred transactions. And that would be a natural next step, right? Mm-hmm. For someone who is really driven. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is a key point to lean into where I think sometimes people come up with a hairy audacious goal that's an incorrect one, right? Mm-hmm. They might've had a breakout year in a, in a certain aspect of their business and they just increase that part of it where really that was, um, they don't want more of it. They want mm-hmm. more of other things. Mm-hmm. I meet with a group of top producing realtors in our office weekly and we used to do a, what was called a 411 check-in. And we're going to talk about what a 411 is a little bit later in this conversation. But essentially, we would do sort of an accountability check-in on our targets, principally around business. And about halfway through the year, the woman that runs and facilitates the group, Dan, amazing realtor and amazing human, decided to pivot the approach. And if you've read the book, The One Thing, by Gary Keller, he talks about the seven circles of a fulfilled and happy life. And those circles, I don't, I don't know them exactly, all of them off the top of my head, but I'm going to say a few of them as I remember them. It's my spiritual life, my personal life, my key relationships, my business, my job, my finances, and my, my physical well-being. Look at that. I got them all. So we, we started focusing more on that that vein of conversation. And and when we were talking about accountability, we touched on all of those circles. And it got me thinking about the ways in which I had been a bit siloed in mm-hmm. my approach and the opportunity that I have to expand goal setting exactly as you're saying and thinking about it much more all-encompassing around, you know, if I have one goal for 2022, from a personal goal, it's, it's physical wellness. That's something that I've, I, I really, really sacrificed 
over the last, I mean, I think I'm, I'm leaning into the pandy on this one, <laughs> but it, you know, I've really stepped back and that used to be such a important part of my life as a young person. I always, I really identified with that side of me and I have truly lost touch. I've, you know, I have a million and one excuses, but um, not the least of which is I haven't prioritized it and therefore mm -hmm. it's not come into my schedule. And so I've been thinking more about those core priorities and designing my days so that they are in alignment with my business plans and that my business plans are in alignment with my personal goals. And all of those things, if they're not replicated on your schedule, do not exist. So if you don't have a time block for contacting your key relationships and, and making it a priority to reach out to them, book time and spend time and be present and engaged in those relationships, then you're not fully achieving or realizing that, that, that area, that sphere in your life. Did I ramble there? You rambled, but Sorry. I like it when you rambled. Sorry, I went, I went sideways. <laughs> Bring me back. All right. Asri Notary Corporation is a full-service notary practice, centrally located in Vancouver, and has been serving the community for almost 20 years. At Masri Notary, we have two notaries and take great pleasure in always being available to help our clients. We handle real estate purchases, sales, and mortgage refinancing. We also offer planning documents such as wills, powers of attorney, and healthcare rep agreements. Reach out and book a free consultation today. You can find us at masrynotary.com. So we were going to bring this back a little bit to... Um how does goal planning look for us? So you touched on it a bit where we as a team and as business partners, we start sitting down in November, more actively focusing on our business plan for the following year. We, every week we intend to, um, and we're pretty good. We have about 90% success on having a partner meeting every Thursday for half an hour. We cover critical things and also future planning. So come November, we're starting to kind of draw out what the goals are in each of those seven aspects of a balanced life. And then with in December, you know, we're creating what's called a one, three, five. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But what's really important, the way we approach it and, and speaking for myself is I look at it as a working document. Mm -hmm. And I forget which book really made me think of this, but it was um, probably about a year ago, I started scheduling time into my calendar. I think I do 45 minutes a week where I'm working on my business. Mm -hmm. So it gives me time to dream and think and, and to not solve critical, you know, yes. time sensitive problems, but more look at how things are trending and what are the adjustments I need to be making in order to get to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And so if I was to give some advice or some feedback, I think most people look at goal planning, something they do in December, they, you know, they build some goals. They might take it a step further and create a vision board and they might never revisit it. Mm -hmm. Sadly, most people don't even do that, right? So just doing a business plan and envisioning the next year is a step in the right direction. But the magic comes from breaking it down into tasks. And that's how a goal becomes a roadmap, the roadmap towards the goal. And the one, three, five really does this for you. Mm. So in my own case for 2022, my goal is, um, I'm going to sell 40 listings. That doesn't mean I'm only going to sell 40 properties. I want to do 40 listings myself. And I know there's going to be, you know, a dozen, two dozen other buying transactions. And so that will round a good year in my business. I know that in order to um, do 40 listings, I need to do a certain number of appointments. I, I need to get myself. So let's bring it back one step. So 
my one goal is 40 uh, listings sold in 2022. And then my three strategies to get there. One is my personal balance strategy. Second one is creating more business out of existing database. And then third is getting new business. Okay. So pretty much any idea I can come up with, any challenge falls into one of those categories. So the first one for personal balance, same as you, I really want to take my, like I have a big audacious goal of losing 50 pounds. I'm like well over 200, I'm like 230. I don't look it and I, I should be a, a 180. So that's a huge 2022. But I know if, when I do that and I bring myself back into um, the fitness I want to be, the side effect of that is I'm going to be in a few sports leagues. I'm going to do a few mm-hmm. races. I'm going to have more fun with my kids. I'm going to have more options available that just come up from the personal. And, and, and so simply in order to make myself be in the position I, I need to be in order to reach my numerical, mm. I have to work on myself. So, awesome. so that is, um, that's strategy number one. And then the second strategy is kind of figuring out how can I get more business out of the sphere I have and coming up with all the ideas available. And so those three strategies, what we're really doing and still working on it is breaking down all the different tasks in order to complete the strategy. So this is where the five comes in, the the one, three, five. And the five could be 10, right? It's really figuring out, it's almost, that is the laundry list, that task list of Mm. all the different things. And that document is pretty cool to reflect on every week, every month, because it shows you you're on track or you're off track. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the real power comes in from goal setting. And it's an ongoing document. How do you approach goal setting? You know, it's interesting because we we recently went through the process with our own team. We had a business planning uh, clinic and some of the newer agents on the team, even some of the experienced agents on the team were really struggling with the roadmap, with with building out the 135. So how do I do goal setting? Historically, I have done goal setting in, you know, sort of a, what I might call a rudimentary fashion. X number of units of production, X number of dollars in gross commission earnings. And here are some things I always have, like key learning targets. It's, it's unusual for me to go a year without having you know, um, a new accreditation or signing up for a new side course. I, I, I do like that pursuit of education. And, and I had historically not included personal goals on the business plan. And I realized, and I've come to learn that that's a huge failure mm-hmm. um, because you're, you, you want to run an amazing business to have an amazing life. Yes. Otherwise there's no point. Yes. I'm not working to just grab a few hours here and there for personal enjoyment, right? I work to service an amazing life and to have the impact in my family and in my community that fulfills me mm-hmm. and that fulfills my my objectives as a as a community member and as a as a family member. And so I've I've reframed my goal planning, my goal setting and I really like the 135 format. Because it, for me, is such an obvious way to break down the the roadmap, break down the goal. And so, for example, I really want to learn, I really want to learn Italian. That's one of my goals is be conversational in Italian. My my family is... You swear well in Italian. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> this is what you learn. This is what you retain. But so that's so that's a personal goal, right? And and so that's the that's the one goal. My my three strategies around that practice involve being a part of conversational groups, and involve 
taking some courses. And then the five other targets around that that fall under the three, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritties, but mm-hmm. you know, you can you can see how you can continue to break down the goal. Yes. And and you break it down to such a degree that you're like you do have one thing every day that you can do that you can move your goal forward. So it's not like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna be conversational. I know that that's not a reality, but Every day, you know, I have a, a little podcast that I listen to and and it's I've just anchored it into my driving. Like I drive around all day, every day. And so <laughs> one of the many times that I get into the car, I'll listen to this conversational podcast that I'm very much enjoying. And as a result, I've I've been able to kind of check that, tick that box of of one thing I did to move that goal forward. That has been just being able to just have a grasp on the big question that people have, which is, it's great to have that goal, but how do I get there? So, you know, you're a new realtor, you're brand new in the business, you want to do 15 transactions. How the heck do I do that? Like that's a, that's a pretty common quandary for most people. So how would you do that? if You were brand new. Knowing what I know now, you know, if that was my goal for me, the, the absolute most important strategy is contacts, Mm -hmm. it's connections, it's, it's literally face-to-face conversations. And so I would build strategies around engagement. One strategy, of course, like most people would have a a social media strategy. You have a presence um, so that your sphere, your larger audience can start to see that you are involved in real estate. And then secondary to that, and one of the more important components of that is reaching out to people directly and, and starting to make contacts mm-hmm. and, and getting into, into conversation with people about real estate. And, and often as a new realtor, that can feel clunky. And so another strategy that I would need to employ would be script practice, practicing some good conversations to have with people you know, another strategy might be, how do I put myself in scenarios where people naturally want to talk about real estate? Well, really simple answer there is offer to host open houses for your colleagues. I mean, I, I certainly, I, I built my business on open houses as one of a primary lead generation strategies for my, for my growth. And there's very few places where you can go where people are literally walking in the door wanting to talk about real estate. And so not squandering those interactions, but really, really utilizing them to practice your skill set, to practice your command of and your knowledge of the market, I think is an incredible opportunity. So those are a few things I would think about in terms of getting started. So if I would summarize what I heard you say, it's almost like three different strategies. You One was um, preparation and planning and and practice, which is... uh, you know, the, the script practice, the accountability, it's, it's getting up and figuring out what your schedule looks like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you mentioned about systems and structure. So, you know, part of that for a new agent is, of course, the number one thing is creating a database, cultivating the database and feeding it and growing it. And then is, um, you know, do you have a buyer's process and documentation for it? Do you have a listing process? Do you have the process on how you do pretty much anything in the business? Mm-hmm. And so it's really going deep into the systems and your standards. And then the third one that you mentioned there was the lead gen, right? Like how are you going to get more business and how are you, like you said, 
build your visibility and get in front of people. Yes. And it's funny, you know, in the same way as we, you know, we push ourselves and we achieve greater success by leaning into other people, your maps coach, there's other peer partners that, you know, that are very influential to us. So we're looking at other people that have, um, you know, like have surpassed where we are and they can give us advice very easily because they're past that stage. So for us to give advice to a new agent that's brand new and wants to do 15 deals, it feels like a foregone conclusion for us because we can see every step that will get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the neat thing where, you know, from years now of being in the business and coaching realtors and seeing successful realtors and seeing realtors that kind of honestly fail out is um, like 15 to 20 deals is in your pipeline. You just don't know it. You know, enough people, you just haven't gotten in front of them and communicated to them and, and made them aware of the fact that you are the new, you know, realtor that they can use and and proven to them that you can help them. Yes. And so one of the takeaways is, a lot of people are, are missing out by not talking to other people that have gone before them. Mm -hmm. And so for uh, you, we kind of mentioned what we would do with a, with a realtor that wants to get 15 transactions. And I would even say it's not that much different for a realtor that wants to double their business in the second year and go from 15 to 30. The database, in my opinion, is still the number one driver. And, you know, we'd say the average person knows about five real estate transactions that are happening in their city. And unless you're getting five referrals from a great client, you're missing out on some level of business. And mm -hmm. so that could possibly, you know, be improved by having any number of things from practice to better content, to better interrelationship, to better, you know, contacts. And I would say the biggest difference between an agent that is taking their business from 15 to 30 transactions is finding maybe one more maximum, two more lead generation sources. Yeah. And everything else is the same. And, you know, I think a lot of people muddle it up by instead of going deep. And that's one of the things that I've really learned five, six years into my career. I kind of made the transition where I was going, you know, to 50 from 50 to 80 transactions. And the next year I thought, okay, it'll be easier, even easier if I add more lead sources, but it actually got harder and I got diluted. And so the following year I went more, less lead sources and more deep in them. And so, you know, I think that's probably one of the failures of a lot of people is um, they're trying to do too many things. Yeah. We are on your team. Whether your team is you and your dog or a team of 10 real estate professionals, the Home Happy Team is here to enhance your client's experience. We take care of the financing side of the real estate equation, reducing their stress through a team approach of experience, technology, and communication. Your client experiences a lot when buying a home. Make sure it's a great one they will remember by introducing them to Michael Lloyd and the Home Happy team for their mortgage needs. And one of the, the other reflections I'm having is I'm thinking through the successes and the failures of 2021 and even before that. I'm thinking about business that I've lost, mm. opportunities that I've lost. And I'm really trying to be honest about how I allowed those opportunities to, um, how I squandered those opportunities or how I lost those opportunities. Because I do think that there is some um, learning and failure. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I'm committed to is, you know, being much more diligent about lead tracking okay. and lead follow-up. 
And, you know, the, you know, frankly, success and failure are defined by the follow-up without a doubt. And so, you know, in my reflection, I'm really, 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 really good with active clients okay. that put their hand up and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm just all over it. I'm, I'm very intense. Front of mind. And it's front of mind for me. And I, I have a lot of improvement to, to be had around cultivating those loose opportunities, those, okay. those light interactions where someone has very vaguely inferred and I haven't done a good enough job of continuing to ask questions Yes, to isolate what the opportunity looks like. As I was driving to the studio today, I actually drove by a client's place and I thought to myself, you know, I should actually reach out to those clients. They're great clients. They've given me great referrals. They're wonderful people. They're, we're engaged. We're connected. I know they like me. And they have reached out to me a few times over the last couple of years. And I, I get the sense that if I do a better job of lead analysis, there may be an opportunity in 2022 to see them transition to a new home. And I'm saying this out loud mostly as a little reminder to myself to touch base with them when I go You home. might actually listen to this podcast. Then. <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, the, yeah. the analysis of failure, I think, is also powerful. Yes. To think about the ways in which I have lost opportunities. I've lost opportunities off the top of my head. I've lost opportunities because I was too candid mm -hmm. with clients, with prospects, right? That's mm -hmm. a, let me differentiate too candid with prospects. Yes. We didn't have a relationship yet of trust and confidence and I can be a little bit direct. And in some circumstances that does not land for people. And so I can get better with my communication. Mm -hmm. I can get better with my follow-up questions, with my qualification questions and with the proactive contacts to say, you know, who else do you know that I can talk to about potentially buying, selling, or investing in real estate? Who else might benefit from having a conversation with us? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we're talking about this because business planning is integral, but, uh, you know, digging into your successes and mistakes is even more powerful throughout the year. And I would probably say early in my career, I would look at failure kind of like, what did I do and what did they do? And was I in the fault? Like, why, why didn't we work out together? I've moved way past that. And I recognize that there's a certain amount of failure when you run at our pace that mm. you recognize and there's failure, you know, that's going to happen all the time. I'm always concerned of having less than 15% failure. What I mean by that is if you did, you know, 100 transactions or 100 met with 100 people, hopefully you, I'm landing 85% of them because I do believe there's a natural amount of uh, failure that happens. A book I read was, you know, uh, up to 15 is pretty healthy. If you're failing less than 10, 15%, you're probably not challenging yourself too much. Yes. And you're probably just working with friends and family and easy, you yes. know, easy transactions. Yes. And if you're failing, you know, 25 to 40%, you're either really, really aggressive, working at extremely high level on a known kind of a, on a prospecting system mm -hmm. or you've got to put more practice into preparation, practice and systems. Mm -hmm. I do, you know, personally know that, yes, you're delivering an amazing service. You're really, really powerful at front of mind when something's hot and intense and, and you, you're aware of it. You, you know, you're like a dog with a bone. You get the job done perfectly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where you lose a little bit is, um, is sometimes remembering a really loose lead. Totally. And it has changed in our business. Like, you know, I would say 12 years ago, 13 years ago when we started, 
a client, you know, would follow up a lot more in, in, in case you forgot about them and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of selling later this year mm-hmm. and then follow up again. Where it's gotten to the point now where someone at a, you know, at a client event in spring might say, oh, you know, later this year, we might be thinking of upgrading our jobs. And you follow up with them six months later and see that they moved to Winnipeg and their house got sold. You know, they never told you they're ready to sell. They never reached out. But if you want to run at the highest level, that is possibly, you know, a level of of, uh, hands up now that you're going to have to expect and you have to do the work. Yeah. My failure where I really lose business is I'm where you're, it's it's interesting because you're very direct. I'm direct as well, but I sometimes don't give the hard truth as clearly as it needs to be framed. Mm. So sometimes I think people, you know, um, I don't want to, I don't want to um, focus too much attention on worst case scenario or like the hard things that could happen if the good things don't line up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so I sometimes get into a relationship where no one's frustrated with me or, but they're, they, they kind of, um, I become a sacrificial lamb in a transaction because yeah. I might not have, um, you know, highlighted again, the worst case scenario clearly enough and yeah. made sure that they were, comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Part of that comes knowing like what my personal habits and personality is. I can handle a lot of stress and I can handle a lot of um, ambiguity where a lot of other people can't. And so if you don't discuss that ahead of time, and if you don't understand who your client is, your natural traits and tendencies can get you in a pickle, right? Because you, for example, you're severely loyal. And so if you had, you know, if you were um, building a new deck at your cabin, or, you know, you would ask the same person that you were wanting to do it several times and say, can you do it? Are you available? And you'd follow up because that's important to you. Most clients, you know, may not have that same trait. And so they're not going to follow up as often. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, you know, you got to figure out what your natural strengths are and then kind of offset that. Hmm. So in conclusion on goal setting, yes. thinking a little bit more about next step, once you've done the the outline of your goal setting, and here we are, we're, we're first week of January, full steam ahead, getting into the new year. How would you align yourself for success? What, like t- My question is, what frequency are you kind of circling back to your goals and ensuring that and tracking your actions to ensure that they're actually leading you to your goal? I do it weekly, but I'm also, I'm behind. I thought I would have my business plan fully designed by now. And it's, you know, it's going to be late January before I have it all kind of finished. And the way I look at that is I bring it to a point where I share it with you and I share it with my wife. I don't think uh, Jess reads it, but it, it gets it to a point where like, it's now ready to share. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm several weeks behind. So I'm using my thinking time of working on it still. And then once I have it, I go pretty detailed on it that to me, it almost becomes an action list. Mm -hmm. And I start, you know, throughout the year crossing things off and some things no longer become as relevant Mm -hmm. and new things are added to it. But to answer your question, I'm looking at it every week. It's, It's an item that gets printed off. It gets bound with a coil. And so it's easy to, you know, open and read and, and write on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, uh, here's an interesting thing. So I always write a letter to myself mm-hmm. at, in, in like December or January at the latest. And the letter is the idea behind it is if you ran into a friend in, you know, the following December and the friend asked you, how was 2022? And you're like, it was amazing. It was a nine out of 10 in all seven areas of my life write a letter that explains what that looks like. Nice. And then I put it in the safe. We actually sometimes do this with our leadership team at the office. And then we reflect on it a year later. 
And it's pretty cool when you nail one of the areas. And then sometimes the other thing it helps you with is um, it brings up an area that you might have been you know, telling people is important to you, but yes. you're not taking the steps to address it. Right? right. So one could be, you know, I, early on in my, in my youth, I had a, I, on my goal list, I had doing a triathlon because people around me were doing them. I actually don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, for years wrote down a triathlon. I don't like swimming. I don't really like biking. I like running. And so like, I don't, I eventually got rid of it. Right. Yes. But I, I wrote it down for how many years? Right. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, good luck, everybody, with your business planning. And if you have, uh, if you ever have any questions or you want to discuss it further, reach out to us. We're always happy to chat. Mm-hmm.